0: I watched He Did and He Didn't from 1916. It's my first Fatty Arbuckle movie. And well, my first for this podcast. I've seen Fatty Arbuckle before. But this is a Fatty Arbuckle that I hadn't seen before, at least the way he played the character. And granted, I'm not super familiar with him. I've seen a few of his shorts in the past, but this is very different from what I've seen him do. It's one of his earlier films, so that's probably why he hadn't really gotten to that fully comedic route. Although this short film is a comedy, but there's a serious side to it. The story is simple, at least at first. There's a married couple. They're getting dressed for dinner. They're a wealthy couple. Arbuckle plays a doctor, so I suppose it makes sense that he's putting on his tuxedo for a dinner at home with his wife, who's played by Mabel Normand from The Mabel's, I talked about those in an earlier podcast. She's also addressed to the nines. And so, yeah, I guess they're just rich people that every night before dinner, they get dressed up. But their plan is altered by the arrival of a telegram. The wife's childhood best friend is coming for dinner. And she's elated. And this best friend is a boy. That's kind of crucial. Uh, and because of that, Arbuckle is not so elated, especially because he learns they were kind of sweet on each other's children. There's even this picture of them where it's written, like, to my sweetie or something, and he tears it up. And despite that it's an innocent thing, because they were children, Arbuckle is really jealous. And so he spends the entire evening trying to keep them apart from each other. And so they sit down. They have this really decadent dinner. It's full of these rich, filling foods, the highlight of which are these really big lobsters. And Mabel Norman remarks that no one's going to sleep tonight after this because I guess the rich food's going to keep them up with indigestion. And so they're chowing down. They're having their after-dinner drinks. It's a fine night. But meanwhile, there's these two crooks outside casing the house. And one of them knocks on the door, pretends to have been hurt, to get inside to have the doctor look at him. But Arbuckle When he thinks Arbuckle's back's turned, he starts going for the safe, but Arbuckle sees this. So he kicks him out. The robbers are undeterred by this. They call the house and they say, we need a doctor. There's been an emergency. They give him an address. So he speeds off to this non-existent accident. And he gets there. He realizes he's been duped. He thinks that it was the wife and her friend that sent him off so they can be alone together. And he gets mad and he starts driving back to the house. But instead, obviously, it was the robber. And now the robber has broken into the house and is terrorizing Mabel and her friend. And then here the film shifts gears. Before it was kind of, there was the like serious parts. It was funny, but not slapstick. Now it becomes like this Keystone Cops type of thing where the friend and Mabel and the robber are running around the house, hopping around and jumping and making these exaggerated pantomimes. And it's just silliness, basically. They're constantly shooting this gun. The gun never seems to run out of bullets, but it never hits anybody. And eventually they chase the robber away. And that's when Arbuckle gets home. So he doesn't see the thief. He just sees his wife and her friend in their pajamas together in the hallway. And the friend sort of escorts his Arbuckle's wife into her bedroom. And so he gets the wrong idea. So he goes in there gets mad, he's got a gun, there's a struggle, the gun is dropped and he throws the friend out the window and then the friend lands, he doesn't die, but he kind of lands two stories below and then suddenly the scene shifts and it's the friend kind of falling out of bed. Uh, he dreamt the entire thing, it was it was a dream or maybe it wasn't because now it cuts back to Arbuckle and Norman, he's still mad, he strangles her. And he staggers out of the room, kind of in shock from what he's done. But she's not dead. She wakes up. She picks up the discarded pistol. She follows him out and she shoots him as he walks down the stairs. And he falls down the stairs to his death. But he also doesn't because now he wakes up. He was in his office. He fell asleep in his office chair. So he races upstairs to check on his wife. The friend, who I guess we saw both of their dreams, they kind of had a mutual dream, it's never really explained, but the friend is rushing out of the hall, he wants to check on her. They encounter one another in the hallway, they peek in, Mabel Norman is peacefully sleeping, and then they kind of, the two of them look at each other, they reminisce, you see this flashback to the lobster dinner, that's those pesky crustaceans, and they kind of laugh, they share a handshake, they're friends at last, and that's a fine ending to the film. It was a pretty good film. The slapstick part I could do without, but Arbuckle really, he has a menace to him when he needs to. He's got a kind of shy boyishness. He's hes very versatile, and he never overdoes anything, and he really glides across the screen in this very svelte manner that belies his girth. He's a very large man, but I don't know. hes I'm curious to see some more. Like I said, I've seen a couple shorts throughout my life, but... I want to see more Fatty Arbuckle, see if he can match what I saw him do in this one. And that's it. That's, uh, he did and he didn't. I watched it on YouTube. I put a link below so you can watch it. Next, I'm watching Where Is My Treasure from 1916, directed by Ernst Lubitsch.